Hello and welcome back to the Guys Like Us podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. This is your host, Tyler Brondike. Today I'll be joined with Paul Sohn. Paul comes from San Diego, California, uh, was born in Korea, moved to Canada at the age of 14 all by himself, discovered his faith, discovered the importance of God's calling on his life, and wants to equip and empower others to find God's calling on their life. He is an author, speaker, and blogger, and also a founder of his company called Kara. His most recent book is called Quarter Life Calling, and we'll be chatting about that as well in this episode. Stay tuned. we got a lot of good content coming at you. Welcome to the Guys Like Us podcast. This is your host, Tyler Brondike, and today I'm joined with Paul Sohn. Paul is a leadership coach, speaker, author, and is also the founder of CARA. It's an organization committed to empower 20-somethings to discover their God-given identity and calling. Paul is the best-selling author of Quarter Life Calling, Pursuing Your God-Given Purpose in Your 20s. Um, he graduated with a master's degree in, from Pepperdine University in organizational development um, and just has spent the, the last few years uh, really immersing himself um, in, in, in this calling. So, Paul, without further ado, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me here, Tyler. Absolutely. So how I, I enjoy kicking, kicking us off is just by opening up in prayer. So um, I'd be happy to open us up if that's, if that's okay with you. Yeah, please do. Great. Father, thanks for bringing Paul and I together today. Grateful, happy, excited for what's to come of this conversation and just what's to come of, of Paul's journey and Paul's, Paul's life and, and, and the ministry that, that you've put on him. Um, already have, have blessed him you know, so much in, in, in just his different gifts and, and all the potential that he's able to unleash and and to empower and equip others uh, to become leaders um, and, to, and to become and to become servants as well, and the importance of of, of both of those together. I pray today for a, a fruitful conversation, um, for good questions, and just for a good dialogue, and, and just keeping it genuine and authentic. And pray this all in your name, Amen. 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 Cool. So. To, to kick things off, um, I, I just kind of want to get a bit more background kind of on, on your story, where you come from. I know that you're a third culture kid yourself, um, but, you know, can you give a brief summary of what your childhood was, hood was like in terms of your interests and, and then also with faith? Sure thing. Um, like you said, I grew up as a third culture kid. Um, I actually call myself a 1.5 generation Korean Canadian American. So I was born in Korea, but I moved around a lot. So I came to the States ages three to nine. I came back to Korea um, when I was nine years old. And when I was 14, that's when I actually moved to Canada, went to high school and college there. So 
Um, growing up in a lot of different cultures actually helped me to, I think, be a very curious person. Uh, I love learning about people's stories. Um, I just love learning about different cultures. And I think that's kind of the person I became uh, as a result of a lot of these uh, moves in my life. And I think, um, you know, and God, and God started to come into the picture. Uh, I mean, I was born into a very devoted Christian family. My dad became a Christian when he went to the Billy Graham Crusade, the largest gathering that Billy Graham did, which was in Seoul, where 1.1 million people were gathered there. And my dad was one of them. So kind of a cool story. But um, I think my faith became real when I actually was four, when I became 14 and moved to Canada by myself. And that's when I realized that I don't have my parents to depend on. I don't have my family to depend on. No friends. It's just literally me by myself in a homestay family. And I realized that I have to depend on God. And that's when I started to really ask the big questions about, you know, who am I? Why am I here? And, you know, uh, I re really rely on God for me to lead, lead his way in my life. Wow, that's that's incredible. And. And and one thing that that really struck with me again is at the age of fourteen, moving and, and and just having to learn and do things on your own too. And um, I think for myself and a lot of folks that I've been in in contact with, it's it, it seems like it's pretty similar. Kind of when we're forced into these situations, we um, or maybe not forced, but we're put in these situations, we rely on God the most. So what kind of what was the what was the mechanism for kind of how that really that really started to develop and you started to, to take your, I guess, take your faith more seriously. Was it through reading? Was it through journaling? It, kind of what, was, what were the different outlets that you used? One of the things that I feel very blessed about was the people God put me in my life. So um, when I was in high school, in my homestay family, they were a Christian family. Just uh, they, were, they were one of those rare Christian families that really lived out what they preach and just really pour their love uh, in my life, even though, you know, we were just strangers pretty much, but they really uh, just loved me for who I was. Um, and I think people like that was really influential in my life. And also going to a Christian high school where every week we would have to study the Bible and the chapel and all that, I think grounded me. Um, to take my faith a lot more seriously. And, and another thing that I think really helped me too in college as I was continuing to ask some of these big questions about faith because of my new friends, um, I went to a very um, liberal, you know, school. So a lot of my friends, you know, didn't have kind of the faith that I did and they started asking some important questions about faith and I didn't really know how to answer them but one one uh, one day I heard a radio station from Ravi Zacharias and I heard him talk about faith from a, such a different level um, not like a typical pastor way but he would you know infuse philosophy and science and history and talk about how uh, the Christian faith is a reasonable faith and I got like wow like this is, this guy is pretty amazing he has a really cool accent too and, <laughs> and I started to uh, read all these books and uh, I think that also really helped me to to take my faith a lot more seriously and become uh, more of an effective witness for the gospel mm, okay 
Okay. And, and, and kind of with that experience, you know, having, having people in your life who kind of have acted as that inspiration, um, and have, you know, I guess these, these mentor like figures in front of you, I, I'm sure has kind of, you know, transformed how, how you, you know, your, your role and kind of what God's calling has been on you. Um, I, I know there's a, there's a lot of folks that, that haven't had, haven't had good mentors, you know, myself, I don't feel like I really had a, a mentor growing up and, I, I talk time and time again with, with buddies of mine and, and people on the show and they're, they, a lot of people don't have, haven't had mentors that have been part of their life. So, or, you know, leaders that they can really look up for. So I know that one of your jobs now is to, to bring this, you know, especially this, this younger generation, um, up and, and through, you know, through equipping, inspiring and empowering leaders. So I guess that's kind of like, that's kind of your why statement. Can you tell me a bit more how that came to be and why this, this kind of overarching, overarching vision, um, kind of came to fruition? Yeah. Um, it, it really started, I think in my mid twenties when I got into my dream job, was working for Boeing. I was in my mid twenties making nearly a six figure salary. I was driving my favorite, um, car, a brand new Beamer, I was living in a very posh neighborhood in downtown Portland, and um, people were telling me. My friends were saying, "Paul, you, you're you're living the dream, man. Like you're living the dream. You know, everything looks so amazing." And and um, so on the surface, everything looked awesome, but deep inside, if I was very honest, I actually felt quite miserable. And you might be thinking, "Why am I miserable?" Well, because I realized that getting into this job didn't bring the, the fulfillment. It didn't bring the satisfaction. Um, I felt there was something missing. There was something empty. And I didn't know what that was. And after a year um, of trying to search and trying to figure out why am I feeling this way, I just gave up. And I, I just cried out to God one night and said, God, I don't know why I feel this way. I don't know why I'm so empty and so I feel so meaningless. I, I, I feel like I should be amazing, feel it's amazing, but I don't. And I don't know why, and I feel so frustrated. I hate going to work because I don't know why I'm working. And that's when I felt God was telling me, Paul, you've been asking the wrong questions all your life. And God was so true because everything in my life was about me what kind of a school I wanted to go to, what kind of job I wanted to have, what kind of, you know, a circle of friends that I want to belong to. Everything was about me. And never once in my life did I ask God, God, what is your plan for my life? And that was a big pivotal moment for me to realize that um, I have to surrender myself before even I pursue God's calling in my life. And the next day, uh, my mentor... Uh, told me, Paul, do you realize that God has a calling on your life? And he handed me a book that literally changed my life. It's a book called The Call by Os Guinness. And that's when I realized that success was not about climbing the corporate ladder. Success was not about pursuing um, fame or prestige, popularity. But success, according to God's definition, is called faithful stewardship. And Stewarding my identity in Christ, stewarding my calling in Christ is a big part of that. And I realized that I wasn't alone. You know, 
Tyler, I thought like I was the only guy who was thinking about this, but all my friends, all my peers and my, you know, even my colleagues who were in different generations were asking the same questions of who am I, why am I here and where am I going? And that's when I felt compelled to, to write my book, Quarter Life Calling, because I believe that your quarter life crisis, which is not a, you know, exception anymore. LinkedIn recently did a study showing that 75% of 25 to 33-year-olds experience a quarter-life crisis. And I believe your quarter-life crisis can become an opportunity to find your calling. And that's why I called it a quarter-life calling, because this is a time where you can step into your God-given destiny. This is a time where you can confront your fears, um, really embrace the God-given identity that he has on your life, instead of um, following the, the, the cultural zeitgeist of today, which says 30 is the new 20, which I completely disagree with. Um, so all that to say, I've had a growing burden and a vision to help 20-somethings and emerging adults discover and live out their God-given identity and calling. Because when people operate from that place, they come from a place of... Um, very emotionally healthy place they're able to actually be salt and light of this world because now they're not comparing themselves to anybody else but their goal is to become the best version that god created you to be mm -hmm. wow wow and and one of the first things you mentioned was uh was surrendering your surrendering yourself to god and that was you, you were asking the wrong questions and that, that that resonates with me very well and i think uh, a lot of times, yeah, I, I think we ask the right, we ask the wrong questions, and we and we, I know I've been, especially with when we get caught up in success and what what society has told us that success looks like um, through sports, through academics, through through corporate prestige, through you know any other outlet. Um, but you you go back to this this surrendering your life to God. So in in your book and kind of in your philosophy in general, is this something that that you preach is kind of the, the the first step for for you know for I guess starting to find your find your calling is surrendering yourself. I think surrendering yourself is a it's a huge pro, uh, part of the process. Um, as human beings, we have the desires of the flesh, um, but the Holy Spirit gives us the desires of the spirit. And if we're not careful, we are just we could just use the word of calling to justify ourselves and say, I want to pursue my calling, which basically means I want to pursue my own dreams instead of the God's side dreams, the God-inspired dreams. Um, and it just become, it could become a tool or a way you could just brand yourself, which sounds cool, saying I found my calling, but it's just a way for you to glorify yourself. And, and you know, God doesn't honor that. Hmm. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Um, so, I guess you know where I want to go is um, speaking on your on your book, uh, "Quarter Life Calling: Pursuing Your God Given Purpose in Your Twenties." Um, so, I know that you you've always had an interest in in blogging, and that's something that is still uh, pretty prominent today. And you have a pretty your platform is pretty robust, and you know the the people that are are you know listening and people that are 
engaging with this with this content. Um, so is it first question? This is something that came before your book, and would you think that this helped helped this experience helped to kind of get you going and write write your book? Yeah, I mean, I started writing and blogging about eight years ago, uh, and this is really I started writing honestly, not thinking too much like I should build a platform or anything. I'm an avid reader, so I love reading books, but one of the things that uh, happens when you read so many books is that you forget what you just read. And I'm like, gosh, I spent just (laughs) all this time reading and I would be great for me to kind of take away some key nuggets from this book and maybe document it somewhere. And that's when I just had the idea, maybe I should write um, a blog and uh, use my blog as a way to capture some key nuggets and maybe use that to help people who are interested in leadership and purpose and calling. And and that's how it started. Uh, But, you know, throughout this process, I got to connect with a lot of bloggers. And uh, one blogger in particular, um, he really challenged me and said, Paul, why don't you take this a lot more seriously? Um, And, you know, you you, you could do this as a hobby, but also see this as a ministry. Um, you have a gift of reading and um, you love learning and as you write think about as using this platform to minister to people by helping them become better and godly leaders and I was like wow that's that's really cool and you know then he taught me all these things around how you build up online presence and platform and you know I've been writing consistently for the last eight years and as a result of that, um, I've been building a tribe, a, fo- a group of followers who really believe in the vision that I have. And, you know, that led me to uh, multiple different things, which includes coaching and you know, writing my book and now starting my own company, Kara. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting um, because I never thought that I would be doing what I'd be doing today if you asked me eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And, and, and looking at these different gifts in terms of reading um, and, and writing and, and kind of and sharing your story too is as you mentioned there's a there's you know this vocational sweet spot um, like aligning our skills our you know our, our gifts um, our passions and and just kind of what we've experienced so that's something that was that that has been you know th- that formula for you has has translated into a career for yourself. Um, when you, when you coach, when you kind of, even through this, through the book and through, and through Kara, um, I'm sure that the question comes up, all right, well, you know, I've tried doing these things, but it's, it's not working for me or it's, it, I've been doing it for a year and it hasn't been working. Um, has, is it, is it a long game for you? How do you, how do you, how would you answer that question? Yeah, well, I think I would have to ask some clarifying and probing questions, mm-hmm. uh, around why it's not working, right? There's a lot of reasons why. And um, even just the idea of like, what does working mean? Um, does that mean suddenly you just had this epiphany and you found your calling and you're just set for life? Or, or are you? what are you experiencing? And really just diving into that person's life. Every single person I believe is so different. So it's hard to give out um, kind of a cookie cutter answer to that question. But I would be curious and ask, know first of all what's not working and what does working mean for you and um, you know what 
what have you found helpful? What have you ha- what haven't you found helpful? And maybe going deeper into their lives, and it might there might be some things that come up that um, we often don't know, or we're, we don't we're not we're not um, we don't really think about because everyone has blind spots, right? So mm-hmm. being able to help them understand what that looks like and helping them guide on the right direction. One thing that I would say though is with a lot of um, millennials or even just the emerging adults, 20-somethings, uh, they want things immediately. So mm-hmm. we think of calling and we're like, okay, suddenly after doing this assessment, I, I should probably find my calling. But I don't, I don't really think I still know that. Well, it's because it's an ongoing process. Um, my goal is to help you start early in the process of discovering your calling and being more intentional about discovering yourself. For me, it's, t- it's taken four or five years, actually, to really be have greater clarity around what my calling looks like. And that required a lot of learning, but also a lot of unlearning and relearning as well. So knowing that this is a process instead of just sort of a mathematical formula, I think is, is one thing I would say. Mm-hmm. And, and speaking on on this, these setting the, the intention out, intentionality and um, kind of getting them started and getting immersed in the process, what are, what are kind of, you know, what's a kind of a, some practical advice and practical kind of takeaways that, that, you know, that, that kind of help people get, get on the right track and start to maybe ask questions that they weren't asking before to themselves. Yeah. Well, I think one key part of it is you can ask hundreds and thousands of questions to yourself, but, um, the, the, the way, if you want to grow, if you want to really, um, see yourself on the other side of you, um, you need to have people around you people who are what I call your personal board of directors. Um, These are people who are your coaches, mentors, maybe your parents, your closest friends, who's not afraid to tell you the truth, but, you know, they will tell you the truth in a loving way. And you would ask them and tell them, hey, uh, what do you see of me? Like, what are some things that you feel like is very unique about who I am. What are the gifts do you think I have? What are the weaknesses or what are the areas or my character flaws that I have? Can you share them through stories that you've seen in my life? And documenting that, journaling that, I think is a really important process of seeing yourself from a more holistic level because these are people who really, really know you. Um, so that's where that's where I think you should start is start identifying those people and start scheduling an intentional time and saying, hey, I want to better understand myself. And, you know, you spent, you know, X number of years with me and you've seen who I am. Uh, Can you tell me who I am? It's kind of like a really fun process, actually, like you're investigating yourself. Um, And that's where that's what I say. Start there. Wow, that's awesome. And and one, I guess, kind of biblical, you know, insight and, and quote here is, um, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but um, Habakkuk 2.2, uh, two. Um, then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a, a herald may run with it. So the importance of, of writing something down, um, I think is it has kind of hit me recently, and I've been encouraging that for others too, and the importance of whether it's, you know, a few words, uh, whether it's 
setting intentions, whether it's journaling and, and getting something down on paper um, allows us to, to kind of put and as you as you said, kind of create that 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 roadmap and, and create this this you know this process for ourselves. Um, and, and and you know it's um, you know I, I, I just think it's and I, I think that our you know the twenties is just such a an incredible time for growth. Um, and you know I, I know myself I've seen myself grow grow a lot and a lot of a lot of my friends have too and. It's kind of where, but where where are we looking to grow, and how are we looking to grow? I think are are some questions that I, I that I think are are important um, to see how you know where we can where we can be. For sure. Um, so next question I want to ask, kind of shifting shifting gears a bit. Um, what what are the you know biggest ways that that you see um, God? Uh, that you've seen God help grow your your presence and in, in both your your craft and your passion and and also in your in your audience. Uh, the biggest ways God's been helping me grow my presence and my craft. Um, I think just you know really leveraging my strengths. So mm-hmm. my number one strength that I could say is self development, um, and I just love learning. I, uh, I don't know if you've done strengths finder, but my number one strength finder is input. Mm. So somebody who has an input strength is like a sponge. You absorb things. So, you know, I, 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 I actually absorb a lot of content, a lot more than other people do. So, um, doing what I am doing today, which a lot of it is coaching and speaking, uh, leading workshops, I, um, have to be at a place where I can, um, lead people and help people and equip people. And a lot of that is through content. So I think God's been helping me get exposed to a lot of people and a lot of good books, um, a lot of learning, whether it's through certifications, um, whether it's through different type of, um, content or material. And I think internalizing that myself has been incredibly powerful, which, which led me even to write my book, quarter life calling. Um, and I think that's one of the gifts I have is synthesizing material, uh, is internalizing the message and, and generating content. So, uh, by God putting me in these environments where I can do that hundred percent and full time, um, I think has been huge for me to, to build my platform and, you know, have the presence that God has given me. Great. And, and, um, I want to ask a question. What, um, what was the, that that book called that that you mentioned that was that ended up changing your life? It's called The Call by Os Guinness. The Call by Os Guinness. So when you were, I, I guess you know, when you were um, first getting going, or, or to kind of decided to to jump ship at Boeing and and really and, and you know find that 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 quarter life calling for yourself. Um, I'm sure that was kind of a big jump for you, and I, I'm sure a lot of people. Uh, I'm not sure I know a lot of people are, are hesitant about, about making some jump, even if they're, you know, if they're even as, you know, an ounce of uncertainty, um, it's something that can kind of uh, debilitate people. Um, what are, you know, what are some, what's some advice that you would offer for people who are looking to, you know, they, they think that they found something and they're, and they're looking to pursue something. Um, but they're just, they might be a little bit hesitant about leaving, leaving where they are. You know, would you recommend pursuing something on the side? Um, 
or just kind of going going full blown and going all in? Um, yeah, I mean, it really depends. Depends mm-hmm. on where you are and what what God's calling you to. So uh, you could do it multiple different things. But one thing that I would caution people is just to quit your job mm-hmm. without having a plan. Um, it's it, it's it's a very dangerous you know place to be. Um, you know, for me, most people think they just think I just quit my job, but. Mm-hmm. It took four years for me to really think about, you know, is this the right decision? Uh, it took four years for me to really discover myself and have the confidence to step into this place of unknown because for me, that was the best thing at that best at the time. Um, and also, I think part, partly what helped me and gave me confidence was the fact that I started a side hustle, which really the blogging piece was all about. And as I started that side hustle, I started to gain traffic. I started to generate a lot of interest, and I started to become more passionate about uh, leadership and calling. And as I wrote my book, I, I started to realize that this is really something that I, I, I want to do full time. So, um, you know, for me, that's when I jumped ship, and you know, I started my own company uh, a year after that. But um, Definitely, there's going to be a lot of questions going through your mind and say, is this the right thing? Um, what happens if I make the wrong decision? Um, you know, will, will this be, if I make this decision, will I suddenly fall off from the will of God? And I think everybody has these questions, which are legitimate questions. Um, but, you know, one thing that I want to say to anybody listening here is something I've discovered along the way. Um, I think most people, think about the will of God like a bullseye you know you gotta have that one perfect job you gotta have that one perfect person in order to really satisfy God and live in the will of God or a lot of people think of um, you know uh, uh, making the decisions you have in life as if like you have this um, magic eight ball, right? And you shake this magic eight ball and you look into the screen and whatever it says, you're, you're supposed to make that decision. But what I believe God says in the Bible is actually he gives us the freedom um, to explore and to experiment and take a risk unless um, we are really focusing on God. Our first and foremost command that God gives us um, as, as it relates to the will of God, is to pursue God's kingdom and his righteousness and everything will be given to us. So if our general direction is to uh, to love God and to be holy and to live in obedience of God's commandments, then you could glorify God in multiple different jobs, whether it's, you know, like me becoming an entrepreneur and doing this, but I could still glorify God by being a professor or maybe, uh, you know, a writer, or maybe, you know, a coach, or all these different roles, I can still glorify God. So this idea that there's this one perfect job, this one perfect thing, and if I don't find that, I am not at the center of God's will, I think is a false idea, which I believe is suffocating so many millennials, because we're waiting for that, that answer, that unmistakable call from God, which probably will not happen. Um, so that's something that I think is a really important piece for anybody who's listening and having questions about their calling. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's no, that, that that's great, and that's some really practical advice too. 
um, and 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 I and I love I love hearing that as well because um, as as we you know as I interview and as I chat with so many different people, there's you know everybody has their own ministry and everybody is exactly glorifying God in so many different you know different careers and um, and the focus of of of, of in, and the intention of getting close to getting close and and setting and setting you know that relationship as kind of the the first piece and 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 you know just being there to, to glorify him and his kingdom is kind of the the essence of it all. So I no I I just love how you articulated that. Um, it, it's been a it's been a pleasure chatting with you today, Paul, and just again appreciate you spending the time. To, to be with us and wanted to wanted you to close us out in prayer if that if that works with you love to great thank you heavenly father thank you so much thank you that you have called us your beloved thank you that you have created us with gifts you have injected specific desires and passions in our heart you have given us a unique wiring and a personality and you have uh, given us these experience in our lives which shape our life story and um, we, we know that some of the people here listening might be at a place where they don't know what they're supposed to do but Lord we know that you hold the answer we know that you are in charge of our lives you are the author and creator of our lives you know us more than any one person does so I just pray that Lord would you um, reveal your truth would you reveal uh, the truth of our calling and destiny for those who are listening um, and help them really realize that they are not what the world says they are. They are not what others say they are, but they are what God you say you are. And uh, when we take on that identity, Lord, we become more like you um, as your image bearer. So I just pray for everybody listening to to really respond to that, to, to have hope. Uh, and that God has a calling on your life. So we, th we thank you, Lord. Uh, we thank you for this time and bless uh, Tyler's ministry and his heart for the kingdom. So we pray this in our Lord Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Guys Like Us podcast. Tyler Brondike here, and the chat today with Paul Stone was awesome. Super cool guy. Love what he's doing, and it really resonates to me as I'm in my 20s myself, and I'm asking a lot of the same questions, and I think a lot of us are, regardless of if it's something that is really holding us or really, really at the focus of our life right now. 
it's definitely worth being introspective and also realizing that God does have a calling on your life and, and it's important to recognize. For those of you who are looking to get in, in contact with Paul or just want to keep an, a tab on what he's doing, uh, you can follow him at paulsohn, P-A-U-L-S-O-H-N dot org. Paul is also available on, on Twitter and social media as well, so you can check him out there. Thanks for tuning in. See you guys next week.